This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. Hey, there's a powerful, a very, very powerful, I'm going to say it three times, powerful scene in this movie. I remember uh, just being overwhelmed by this four-minute clip that we're about to watch. It is of a sensitive nature, so please, if uh, we're not trying to be insensitive at all, we have people here you could talk to afterwards, but the scene is from the movie, and I'm being serious, I'm not trying to be funny or sarcastic. Uh, the movie uh, scene is from the movie Forrest Gump. And uh, as some of you may not know, but let me just say, but most of you probably do know, that Forrest Gump is, uh, the way I'd like to put it, is an intellectually impaired man. He's the main character of the movie. And he longs to be reunited with his, his friend Jenny. And in the scene, as I'm setting it up, um, she comes back towards the end of the movie and they take a walk and uh, they stumble upon her her childhood house where she was uh, sexually abused and then I, I want us to be really sensitive to the moment it's very powerful powerful moment but Forrest Gump poignantly uttered, but sometimes there aren't enough rocks. Powerful words. And I would say, especially for those who have been uh, injured. And again, I want to be very sensitive. I'm not trying to uh, be light about it. And um, I just feel for people who, who don't really know Jesus, who have been injured and hurt and doing their best they can to cope. But many of us have been injured and hurt as well. Powerful words, true words. Sometimes there aren't enough rocks. And I would say, especially for those who don't know Jesus, but for those who know Jesus, for those for us who know Jesus, God is giving us an answer, some help. But sometimes there's not enough rocks to, to knock down the pain and the hurt. And I don't know your story. Uh, so I'm not, it's not like I'm, I'm talking about your story. I just know that generally people have been uh, hurt. And they're trying to knock down these hurts, these giants, if you will, um, with rocks. And I understand that. But for those of us who are in Christ Jesus, we have a, a blessing. I just want to transition a little bit. Have you ever wondered why King David, or he's not King David in the story, but David uh, picked up five rocks, right, in his bag? How many know that story? The question I have is, why did he pick five, not one? 
Some pundits have weighed in with their opinions and have shared uh, ideas such as the other stones were meant for Goliath's brothers or his fellow soldiers. I think the answer to why five stones and not one is the obvious, easy answer. So I'll pose another question. Why does Tiger Woods or any other professional golfer take more than one golf ball when playing in a round such as the Masters? Now, we know why Patrick would take a whole bunch of balls or Ross. I I knew they could handle it. But why does, uh, yeah, (laughs) I base my score on how many balls I didn't lose. So if if I take 12 golf balls and I only lose nine, I tell people I'm three under. That's how I score. But why does John Rahm or uh, DeChambeau or Brooks Kepka, why do they take more than one golf ball? Why? Because the answer is obvious. Because even the best golfer occasionally misses. Sometimes even Tiger Woods hits a golf ball in the water. And I think the easy, obvious answer why David, he wasn't King David, I have a tendency to call him King David, picked up five stones was not because he doubted God, is because he had some life experience under his belt. There was some wisdom that told him that you need more than one rock to slay the enemy or the giant. Now, if you have your Bibles, 1 Samuel 17 talks about the scene It is interesting, do you think the story, and I'm asking a question, I'm not trying to make a point here, but it is interesting, do you think the story changes if it took two rocks to slay the giant, or three rocks? Let's say it took all five rocks, does it really change the story? In 1 Samuel 17, now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Soko in Judah, which is very interesting. The, the land belonged to Judah, the people of God. The enemy was camped on someone else's territory. They pitched camp. Saul and the Israelites assembled camp in the Valley of Elah and drew up in their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another. Many of you know the story. And a champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp, and his height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. And on his legs, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. And basically, this was a very big person, a giant. And Goliath, in verse 8, stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he's able to fight and kill me, he will become your subject. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subject 
and serve us. So you know the story very well. David was there to bring lunch for his brothers, and he hears this, and there was like a righteous anger that came upon him. And so he wanted to, to slay the giant. I'm just going to scroll here because I don't want to read the whole story because you know it so well. In verse 25, now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. So David asked the men standing near, what will be done for the man who kills the Philistines? And who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And they told him and they repeated the story. So I pose the question again, does the story change as we come up to the battle? Does the story change that if he used two stones? So King Saul said in verse 37, go and the Lord be with you. And then they try to dress him up in a garb that was too big, too heavy, and he was not accustomed to it. So here we go in verse 39. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because it was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistines with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked at David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said, David, I, am I a dog that you come with me with sticks? The Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. And David said to the Philistines, you come against me with a sword and spear and javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Sometimes we need rocks, don't we, to slay the giant, and sometimes we need more than one rock. You know, there was years and years, the giant in my life was, uh, and not that I've absolutely mastered it, but, uh, and you've heard my stories. If you've been here long enough, you've heard my stories of anger. And I'm, I'm working with someone from another state who told me that they just, they just blow up, and I'm trying to help them to... Uh, to help them deal with it through scripture, through prayer. Uh, told me one time that he cursed at his wife. This is a, this is a, a believer. At a, at a moment of anger, he, he, he said some, some ni not nice words. He, so this guy has a, a giant, like I had a giant in my life. I couldn't control my anger. I was, uh, I was so full of pride. Um, I look back and it's embarrassing and shameful. Uh, 
but I didn't know it. I always wanted to blame someone else, blame my upbringing, blame my dad. My dad was an, he was an angry man. I remember being afraid of him at age 12, uh, just, just going into my corner of the house when he came home from work. So it was easy for me to point to him when I came home and, and people, my family, were maybe on eggshells. So why did David have five stones? Well, I think the obvious reasons is sometimes you need more than one stone. Sometimes you might need two. Sometimes you need more of an arsenal. The story really is about David being obedient to the king, to God. Uh, the story is really about being uh, full of the Holy Ghost, full of God, and, and being fearless willing to tackle the giant. And one of the beauty, beautiful things about being a Christ follower is that we have been given stones, rocks, to use in our arsenal. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, it says that the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. They're not javelins. They're not curse words. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Amen? Yes, amen. I'll read that again, 2 Corinthians 10.4. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons, plural, of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And the weapons we need you need, I need, to slay the giants in our lives have divine power and are effective according to God's word. I'm gonna give you a little list. It's not, an ex it's not the exhaustive list. It's just a few things that we could put in our arsenal to help slay the giant. As I mapped out this sermon uh, I thought of a whole bunch of other things. I mean, even during worship, I'm like, oh, maybe I should write this down. So it's not an exhaustive list. But these are what I would say some divinely empowered weapons for us. There are giants in our lives that need to be slain. They, they need to come down for God's glory, for his glory. So we know that there's the word of God in 2 Timothy 3.16. Many of you know it. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, for rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And I want us to use good hermeneutics. When we, when we read scriptures, you have to understand, uh, I don't want to burst anybody's bubble in the room, but not all the promises in the Bible are for you and me, all right? And part of the problem is that we think that every promise somehow is our personal prom, uh, promise. <laughs> so we don't play that game here. So please uh, read the scriptures carefully and in context. But we know that the words of God 
or God-breathed, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and in training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped to slay giants and to do every good work. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13, it says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So the scriptures, again, can be uh, a stone, a rock in your toolbox to slay the giants. In verse 18, it goes on. I tell you, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. And pray in the Spirit in all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So praying in the Spirit is another tool that, and I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound like it's just like a wrench, you know, a, a screwdriver in your toolbox, but something that God has given us. So pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. So we can pray for one another. Praying for one another is another way for us to help slay the giants. So that I fearlessly make known the mysteries of the gospel for which I am the ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Sometimes I'm wondering one of the challenges of our churches, us included, is fear could be a giant that needs to be slain in our lives. Uh, I happen to, I'm not on Facebook and I've been off Facebook since uh, first week of March. Uh, but somebody sent me a snapshot of something I wrote two years ago, right in the heart, in the middle of the pandemic. And once I read it, it's like, wow, that was pretty good. <laughs> wow, I need, to, I need to quote myself. But it talked about how fear gripped our hearts and it expressed itself in hoarding and trying to gather as much as we can before the next guy could get toilet paper. And, um, and really, and so... Yes, we needed to be careful about not getting sick. Nobody wants to get COVID. We had to, to be uh, vigilant. But at the same time, we, COVID was not the only thing that was affecting the church. It was fear. Fear affected us. People, uh, and I'm not saying about being careful not to get sick, but I'm talking about like the, the concept of hoarding. And, and in that little blurb I wrote two years ago, you know, one of the anecdotes to that is to share to share your goods, not hoard your goods. Keep fear at bay. But one of the things that we, as a church, we struggle with is fear. John 17, 17, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. I love that. So speaking the truth in love is a tool that we can have. 
and help people with. So maybe seeing someone, to, a counselor, a Christian counselor who can speak, uh, seeing uh, your, one of our elders, myself, someone that you say, I, I, there's a giant in my life that I have not been able to slay on my own. So, pastor, friend, leader, can you help me? Would the story change if David had help? Probably a tad bit, but the idea is to slay the giant, to walk in obedience, to not let the enemy take territory that didn't belong to him. To not let them take space in your head, in your life, in your mind, in your heart. So sanctify them by the truth of your word. John 17, 17. I like this. Uh, this is, again, also maybe a good person to see, a counselor. Maybe, maybe that, that scene of, of a tragic pain that, of your childhood still needs to. There hasn't been a, a healing and, and a, a freedom from those uh, horrific events, and, and maybe God is calling you to slay that giant that keeps occupying so much space in our minds and our hearts. So I, I wrote discerning words, Hebrew 4, 12. So this could be visiting a good Christian counselor, getting help with a friend. Sanctify them, the verse says, by the truth, and the word is truth. And these are just a few. I think confession is a tool that we could use that have supernatural divine power to, to uh, slay the giants. These tools that the Lord has given us are designed by God and are powerful, divine powerfully by God, designed by God so that God's people can use them and sometimes maybe not just one rock, but maybe many rocks. Many rocks to slay the giants. So even though the movie quotes, and it's a powerful quote, sometimes there aren't enough rocks. I would say as believers, we have rocks, tools, weaponry that we can use. It may not just be one. It may not just, you know... Uh, coming to the altar and being prayed for, which we're going to encourage you to do so. It could be that's part of it. That's part of it. But I want you to begin to process in your mind, say, God, what are the giants in my life that haven't really been dealt with? And I wrote here, obedience is another weapon. Jericho's walls would not have fallen it's if God did not command them to do this, to obey and do this. If they on their own decided to shout and march around the walls to knock down the giant walls, it would not have come down. But they walked out of obedience to his commands. And so this morning I challenge us what giants does God want you to knock down? During this resurrection season which we're in, I cannot think of a better time, a better season than to deal with our giants. The principle of what I'm trying to say, I believe God is saying through 
this broken vessel uh, through his word is not how few weapons you, you could use. You know, we're not trying to, it's not a bragging score of how many, you know, I only use one golf club to, to beat the course. That's not the point. Point is, if you need all five stones, you need 20 stones, God wants to help us to slay the giants. So the principle is not how many weapons we use, it's about being obedient to slay the giant. Sometimes I get disheartened when I hear um, old stories about myself. You know, sometimes I'll go and visit old friends and, and they'll bring up things that I am incredibly embarrassed about. Thank the Lord you don't know who they are. But looking back, some of the things I said to my wife, I, it's embarrassing. Before, and this is kind of a light story, before we, Robin and I had dated, we had broken up, and now we're like, I'm like mad at her. I was so insecure in college. I mean, I was, and um, there, Robin still wanted to, um, to date me, and I, I was not interested. I was playing hard to get, which my fans like, were you a dummy? Like, yes, I was a dummy. Uh, but I was in the, the canteen. That's how old I am. We call it canteen. And um, in front of her friends, I made the mistake, and I said, Robin, the closest you'll ever, to be, ever be in my house is being my maid. And her friend, uh, Jill, slapped me right on the spot. Now, if Robin was here, she goes, the story's true. You know? <laughs> uh, but I would say stupid things like that, and I'm sorry we have little kids, and I know we shouldn't say stuff like that. Uh, but I was an insecure, full of fear uh, young man. I just showed Lavella the picture of me being water baptized. He saw it. And you should see it as I come out, I'm covering my ear. I didn't want anybody to see this. I didn't want anybody to think less of me because I already thought less of me. And the last thing I need is more people to think less of me. And these were giants in my life that needed to be slain, angered, saying things I should never have said to my wife. And I want to challenge you men. If you're saying things you should not be saying to your wife, you need to slay that giant. And part of that is repentance and asking for forgiveness and admitting it, not ignoring it. Ignoring it is not a tool that's divinely inspired by God. You're not going to find it. So... It may be that, it may be other things. It might be anxiousness and, you know, we talk, Adam so eloquently shared a few uh, weeks ago and then Pastor Terrell Todd talked about uh, anxiety and, and depression and, and all that. And it may be those things. And again, responding to the altar could be the one stone that God has called you to slay the giant, but it could be some of one of the stones that God will use. So I'm going to ask us just to pray for a moment. Band, don't come up yet until I say, 
because I want the band, if possible, for you to respond as well. Because no one's exempt. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, that Lord, that um, you have indeed given us the weaponry to slay the giants in our lives. As I already read, Lord, in 2 Corinthians, the weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world, but they have divine power, supernatural divine power to demolish strongholds. So, Lord, I pray, God, that you would help us as a church, as a church, as people filling this church, Lord, that we would walk in divine authority that comes through your word because of what Jesus did in our lives. Because we know that Jesus lives in us and through us. Lord, I pray that you would help us to remember that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Lord, help us to use that rock of truth, that greater is, are you living in us than the giants out in the world. And Lord, if, as a church that you're calling us in the next few weeks, we're gonna be talking about a Resurrection Sunday. But Lord, we know that raising people from their, who are dead in their trespasses will not come from a spiritually dead church. But Lord, a church that are filled with Davids who know how to slay the giants. So Lord, start today in our lives. Start in my life, Lord. Lord, thank you, Father. Lord, speak to us right now in the name of Jesus. What giant, and it could be giants. I had lots of giants in my life, but it could be one Speak to us, Lord. I'm going to ask you to do something, and this may be slaying the giant of fear. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front, so don't worry about that part. Eventually, I, I will, but that's going to be on your own. But you're saying, Pastor Mario, there is a giant in my life that I need to uh, deal with. If that's you, just go ahead and stand. I'm standing with you, so amen. All right. Well, let me just tell you, just standing is a, is a stone that God will use. Humility breaks the, that, the giant of pride. So Lord, we need you. Lord, I am in need of you this morning. Lord, help us as a church. Lord, help us as a church to slay the giants. Help us to, to do our due diligence and look and what tools you have given us. It could be tools of people speaking into our lives or help us to use those things to, to slay the giants. Thank you, Father. If you're you know, dealing with some serious childhood trauma, we do have people that can help you at least point you to the right direction. So 
If that's you, please don't be alone. Do not try to slay the giants on your own. But God will bring, that's why we're here as a, as a fellowship. We're here to help one another. Thank you, Father, for our church filled with people who need giants to be slain, but also, Lord, we've experienced giants who have been slain, so, Lord, we can help people as well. Thank you, Jesus. I'm gonna ask the band to come on up. We're gonna sing that last song, and then I'd like for you to, if you'd like specific prayer, our elders are ready to pray for people, and, um, and we'll do that. So that can be another another. God-ordained weapon of being prayed for by the elders. So I'm going to ask my elders to come on up. I just got an excellent text from my elder here. And I want to share that. He says it's interesting in 1 Samuel, the story we just read, that David refused Saul's army and weapons because he wasn't used to them. Uh, the ESV says he hasn't tested them. And he writes here, it seems to me that oftentimes we refuse or neglect to use God's weaponry that you're talking about because we haven't really practiced them. We're not accustomed to them. So maybe you've never been prayed for by an elder. Uh, that would be a great way to just trust the Lord. It's scriptural. Let's just pray. I want you to respond. Uh, let's not play too loud, all right? Uh, so we can pray for people. But go ahead and respond if you want special prayer. Uh, one of our elders, uh, just go ahead and come to the front. Lord, we just ask that you would help us this morning. Lord, I, my heart breaks for those who don't really know the power of the Holy Spirit, power of God living in their lives to help them to knock down the giants. We all have giants. Lord, help us as we talked about last week to keep an eye out for those who are on the edge of death, spiritual death. Lord, help us to be ready to help people. Thank you, Father. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.